Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room as we look ahead to another fantastic sporting weekend. And as we always are on a Friday evening, I'll be open and honest with you, like we always are, due to the load shedding situation we have in South Africa. We do record this ahead of time. So there are certain events that we are not going to be able to give you updated scores for, but we certainly will be able to tell you what the action is and what events there are coming up over the weekend. And let's start, shall we, with a couple of uh, major stories through the course of the week, primarily football, which we'll start with and end with. A couple of games in the Premier League over the last few days, and uh, two of the three teams that are fighting it out for the top spot in the Premier League were in action, and uh, it was Liverpool who were in action on Wednesday evening. Uh, had to come from a goal behind against Luton Town, eventually running out by winners uh, four goals to one, which uh, once again has put pressure on Arsenal and Manchester City, who earlier in the week closed the gap in what is turning out to be a three-horse race. Jurgen Klopp's side hit back to beat Luton, stretched their lead back to four points. They now turn their attention to the League Cup final on Sunday against Chelsea. Champions Manchester City, who like Arsenal, have played 25 games as uh, Liverpool have played 26. Uh, head to Bournemouth on Saturday evening before Arsenal then tried to settle scores with Newcastle United. Liverpool have 60 points to City's 56, Arsenal 55, with all three sides knowing that the margins for error of we will go in great detail for the end of tonight's programme to talk about the uh, weekend's Premier League action. One of the major events of the week, and thrilling it was indeed, was the first T20 international between New Zealand and uh, Australia. And Tim David hit a four of the last ball, which gave Australia a nail-biting six-wicket victory over the Kiwis in the first T20 international in Wellington. Now, they were set a target of 216 to win, and Australian skipper Mitchell Marsh hammered 72 or 44 balls before his batting partner came in and sealed the last gasp of victory. According to the captain, he thought they were done, to be honest. Tim David is extremely calm and had lots of confidence. The three-match series is the last for both teams before the T20 World Cup in the United States and the West Indies in June. Rachel Ravindra had earlier put his in in the driving seat by hitting 68 or 35 balls to claim his first half century in the New Zealanders, 215 for three. Uh, Marsh, believe it or not, finished with best of the bowling to 1 for 21 before leading the charge with the bat. Uh, but it doesn't tell you um, all the story of the match. Marsh built a partnership of 42 for the third wicket with Glenn Maxwell who was clean bowled by Lockie Ferguson on 25. Australia were 111 for three after 10 overs. New Zealand's fielding let them down in the 12th over as Tim Southey missed a catch off Josh Inglis. Then Phillips dropped Marsh the next ball in the boundary. But it all happened when they needed 15 off the last six balls. And David held his nerve, smashing a sixth before sending the final ball past the boundary. A diving Phillips, who I think tried to parry the ball back into the boundary rope or back off the boundary rope instead of just trying to stop it. If he just stopped it, New Zealand would have won it. But very, very close indeed. And then uh, today, the second T20 International, and then on Sunday, the third for a two-test series between these two nations. That's, of course, after the New Zealand has beat South Africa comprehensively in the test series that ended recently uh, 
two tests. Now, there's uh, been some action on the local cricketing fields over the last couple of days, but, and a lot of those matches were going to end today, but I thought I'd just bring you up to speed with uh, some of the action. And uh, Tristan Stubbs, a triple century, incredible stuff for him. 372 balls, he was on 302 earlier in the Warriors' innings of 517 for three at the close of play uh, yesterday. 188 for Matthew Bretzka in a mammoth 517 for three. If ever there was somebody who was knocking on the door for a test, that or Tristan Stubbs is the man. And it certainly looks as though he is going to be the guy who is going to fall into that middle order for South Africa. He, of course, keeps wicket as well, but 302, magnificent performance by him. Lots of runs scored in the Cricket South Africa four-day matches up till the end of day two. The Northwest Dragons got 484, and Western Province also a big score there, 592 for six declared. Now, once again, Carl Verrani doing brilliantly with the bat, got 135. He's having a stellar season. Daniel Smith got 106, and Gavin Kaplan 173. Tremendous performance there, and then they had the Dolphins in trouble at 88 for the loss of two. Let's look at the fixtures going forward. Those four matches, of course, will conclude today. And then the India versus England test match also got underway today and will run through until the 27th. As I mentioned earlier, New Zealand play Australia. And the Mumbai Indian women are up against the Delhi Capital women in the women's IPL. And then next week sees more action in terms of uh, cricket, the final of the Cricket South Africa four-day series between the Northern Cape Heat and the Knights. That will start on the 24th of February. That, of course, is tomorrow, Saturday. Then there's also the Royal Challengers Bangalore against the UP Warriors in the Women's IPL. And then Sunday, New Zealand, Australia in the 3020 International. And in the uh, Women's IPL, the Gujarat Giants take on the Mumbai Indians. And then on Monday, it's the Warriors against the Delhi Capitals. That's, of course, in uh, the um, Women's IPL. So lots of cricket coming up over the weekend. Now let's talk tennis, shall we? And uh, it is uh, going to be a great week. Should I say a great week? I beg your pardon. It's becoming a great year. For Yannick Sinner, the Australian Open champion, powered his way to his first Rotterdam title earlier in the week, breaking down Alex de Meunier to win 7-5 and 6-4 in a high-quality battle. As far as uh, that is concerned, um, with regards to the ATP tour, uh, let's have a look there. Um, Andy Murray was beaten yesterday by a Czech teenager in Doha, the former world number one, ended a six-match losing streak in the opening round earlier in the week, but was then beaten after three and a half hours on court and three tiebreaker sets, losing 7-6-6-7-7-6. The tiebreakers went 8-6-3-7-7-4. The 18-year-old Mensik is enjoying a breakthrough season on the ATP Tour. So excellent performance by him. He came through qualifying before losing in five sets to Herbert Bukic at the Australian Open and defeated Alejandro Davidovich for Kina in the Doha first round. He is the world number 116. He served 
12 aces, missed two set points in the first tie-break as well, so there's another name that you might uh, look for. And Novak Djokovic is set to return to the Miami Open next month after a five-year hiatus due to COVID-19 and U.S. travel restrictions after being included on the entry list released by the tournament organizers on Wednesday. The Serbian world number one owns a joint record six Miami Open titles, was unable to attempt to add to his tally in recent years as unvaccinated foreigners were not allowed to enter the country. Now, uh, the world number four, Elena Rybakina, had to withdraw this week from from her quarterfinal match in Dubai in the WTA 1000 event, uh, citing gastrointestinal illness. I guess she just had a runny tummy. Having won the title in Abu Dhabi and made the final in Doha and the last eight stage in Dubai, Rabakina tallied up 10 wins from 11 matches across the three cities in the span of 14 days in the Middle East. Former Wimbledon champion also picked up a trophy in Brisbane last month and leads the tour with 17 victories and just three losses so far this year. It would have been her first semi-final in the WTA, according to her opponent, who's now through to the next round. That's Pialini. She takes a reigning Wimbledon champion, Marketa Bantusova, or the Romanian Sorena Castilla for a place in the Dubai final. And Coco Goff said a heated exchange with the chair umpire midway through her match with Caroline Vascova spurred her on to compete in the 2 6 6 4 6 3 victory and reached the quarterfinals in Dubai. The US Open champion lost the first set, was leading 4 2 in the second when a further serve juice. Vascova returning to the net was called out. The American challenged the call and the review was successful in but instead of awarding Goff the point, the French chair umpire told the 19-year-old to replay it. Well, she went mental. That sparked lengthy back and forth between the pair with Goff's repeated request to speak to a supervisor denied by the umpire. Girls, just calm down. Please, calm down. Stop yelling and screaming at the umpires. It's not necessary. They don't ever, well, almost never change their minds. And then um, other big news of the week on the ladies' tour, French Open finalist Carolina Muchova is going to be on the sidelines again. She had surgery for a right wrist injury that's kept her out of action for the last five months. She's currently the world number 10. The 27-year-old check enjoyed one of her best seasons last year, finishing runner-up to Iga Swiatek at Roland Garros in the French Open before reaching the semi-finals of the US Open, which she sustained an injury. She subsequently pulled out of the season-ending WTA finals in Cancun, Mexico, after qualifying for the first time and with group last month's Australian Open, wrist upgrade completed, she posted on her Instagram account. So that is the tennis news. What's been happening in the world of golf? Um, well, the uh, world number one in ladies golf, Lila Vu, made a difficult start in defense of her LPGA title and crowd after shooting a one over seven. Three. She's currently shared 60th. Taiwan Chen Pei Yun fired a 64 to the $1.7 million tournament after the first round of the CM Country Club in Pattaya. Ranked 113th in the world, Chen was two shots clear of South Korea's Kim Se-yong, with eight players including the Korean compatriots Kim Hai-ju and Jenny Shin, carding 67th. The American Vu came into the tournament fresh for fabulous 2023, kick-started by a performance in Thailand last year. Now, it's pretty hot and humid there in Thailand, but I love the lovely part of the 
looking for somewhere to go and uh, have a nice holiday. The tyre protects those areas and fantastic places to go and enjoy some sunshine and great, great weather and uh, entertainment as well. Right, let's get back on track now. It's the NMB Championship that's currently on at the moment, and uh, South Africa Neil skipped that. Shot a nine under par 63, but Martin Kufra, he uh, shot 11 under par 61 in the first round of that tournament. And then in the on the American tour, the US PGA Tour, they're in Mexico at the moment. moment the Mexican Open in the Dante, and uh, Andrew Novak was leading with Ryan Fox of New Zealand early on in that event, Justin Lower involved as well. And then it's Kenya, where they are playing it out on the Kenya TP World Tour. Darius van Driel uh, of the Netherlands at five under par. Yannick Schwitz of Germany, also at five under. And Connor Sein is at four under par. That tournament goes on all the way through until Sunday. And yes, another news for you, if you might be interested, I'm sure you are, if you're a Tiger Woods follower, well, Charlie Woods, the son of the 15-time world uh, major champion, Tiger Woods, competes in a pre-qualifying event as he bursts a secure place in the PGA Tour's Cognizant Classic next week in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. He's just 15 years old and he plays tonight in an 18-hole event at the Lost Lake Golf Club in South Florida. One of four pre-qualifying sites. Um, interesting. At just 15 years old, he hits a golf ball unbelievably. Approximately 25 players and ties for each of the three, four pre-qualifying sites will advance to a qualifier next Monday from which four players will earn spots. If ever, ever, there was going to be somebody who is going to be under pressure to perform, I don't think there's any other sport anywhere in the world where the son of a great has got as much pressure on his shoulders as what Charlie Woods will have. And bearing in mind that Tiger Woods was arguably the most famous sports star of the late 21st and into the 22nd century. I mean, he's just absolutely unbelievable, uh, is Tiger Woods. And the pressure that must be on Charlie Woods, immense. And we've seen the pressure on somebody like Mick Schumacher, his father, of course, was Michael Schumacher. But they're very, very few... Nico Rosberg uh, and Max Verstappen, but Jos Verstappen, his father, was nowhere near as as famous as, as what his son is now. So most definitely a very, very difficult job that Charlie Woods has got. I guess uh, he's going to have to live up to that pressure that's going to be on him at every single moment in his career. Right. The excitement builds as we get closer to... The Formula One season. So, testing over the last couple of days. And isn't it ironic how we seem to have this problem continuously with loose drains? And the Formula One testing in Bahrain was halted with Charles Leclerc drove over a damaged drain cover that came loose. Ferrari said the floor of their new SF24 had been changed after the incident during the morning session of the Shakir circuit. The session was then stopped. The first red flag of the year and didn't restart. Its repairs had to be made at turn 11. And uh, unfortunately, that was it. A television image has shown Leclerc who was cricket in the session. And the same seven-time world champion, Lewis Hamilton, running over the curbside drain with debris flying into the air. It 
weekend in terms of Formula One. Next week, of course, the first Formula One race of the season. And Formula E boss Jeff Dodds has promised to pay $250,000 to charity if Red Bull's Max Verstappen fails to win a fourth successive Formula One title this season. Red Bull won 21 of the 22 races last year in the most dominant of campaigns, while the 26-year-old Dutch driver took a record 19 victories. Red Bull have also won 38 of the last 44 races. And as you will have heard in our preview to the season with Henry Wood earlier in the week, um, it promises to be an interesting season indeed, and I hope it's going to be an interesting season, and not just one in which one car or one team or one driver just races away with everything. Okay, so let's uh, have a look at the uh, rugby fixtures for you at the weekend. And there is 15-man as well as sevens rugby coming up over the weekend. And the HBC sevens series, which New Zealand have won the most number of times, moves to Vancouver. Uh, in Canada for this weekend. The opening game, which sees both the men and the ladies in action, sees the USA. This is the ladies' draw against Fiji, Australia against Japan, New Zealand against Brazil, Ireland against South Africa, France against Canada, and Great Britain against Spain. The men's competition sees the Blitzbox against the New Zealand uh, side. Then on Saturday, which is quite interesting, just one men's game on the Friday. Then Saturday sees Ireland against Great Britain, France play the USA, Australia play Samoa, the Blitzbock play uh, Great Britain, with France playing Samoa, and uh, then of course uh, Australia play the USA. Fiji come up against Canada, with the Canadians on the way, hoping of course to have a good tournament. Argentina play Spain. New Zealand then play Great Britain and Ireland play the Pittsburgh. Lots of action in the sevens this weekend. Then as far as 15-man rugby is concerned, I guess in a way I could say the real the real game of rugby. You know, I don't want to be unfair, but it is absolutely unbelievable weekend again because it's Six Nations action. The early game on Saturday afternoon at quarter past four sees Ireland play against Wales. Two sides uh, pretty tight uh, in terms of their matches previously. Um, in their previous three meetings, the uh, Welsh have won once, the Irish have won twice. I expect Ireland to go on and win this one. I mean, they are by far in the top three teams in the world, I guess, at the moment. And they are unbeaten in the competition so far, having beaten Italy by 36 points to nil and Ireland beating France 38-17. Uh, the Welsh, unfortunately, have lost two games, but very unluckily, I will tell you. They lost to England 16-14, and they lost to Scotland 27-26. Still a lot of uh, controversy uh, over the last couple of weeks about that Scottish try uh, in the last game. Be that as it may, the uh, results are quite uh, simple. And then, uh, arguably, one of the biggest games of rugby outside of a World Cup is the uh, match... Between England and Scotland. This time it's at Murrayfield. I should say Scotland versus England. Last time these two sides played in the Six Nations, it was a 29-23 victory for the Scots. Uh, the time before that, Scotland won uh, 27-10. And the time before that, Scotland won 11-6. So the Calcutta Cup is what they play for, these two sides. Um, and Scotland, 
three of the last three meetings between these two countries. But England sits second on the Six Nations log, with Scotland third, just three points separates the two sides. I say Scotland are very unlucky. Then on Sunday, it's France against Italy. Now, Ireland top of the log with 10 points, two matches played, maximum points in both. England have played two and won eight points from their two matches, no bonus points. Scotland have played 2 1 1, the bonus point gives them five. And then France have won one without a bonus point. They have four points. Wales have three points. And Italy have a solitary point. Uh, and that was a bonus point. And uh, then, of course, it is uh, action on the football fields this weekend. Let's have a look at the Premier League, shall we? And take a look at those fixtures. Bearing in mind, of course, Liverpool and Chelsea in action. So that means that the Chelsea Spurs game is postponed this weekend because, of course, they can't play Premier League and um, the League Cup final. So the first game is Saturday afternoon, Manchester United against Fulham, 1700, that's five o'clock kickoff, Aston Miller against Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace against Burnley, Brighton against Everton, and half past seven, he's born with their Manchester City in the classic game. At 10 o'clock on Saturday evening, Arsenal against Newcastle. Guaranteed to be lots of goals in that one. And then Sunday, it's Wolves against Sheffield United. And then Monday, West Ham play Brentford. And then the following week, there's more matches, uh, of course, in the Premier League. Let's have a look at the table right now, shall we? And that table is uh, sees Liverpool topping that table with 60 points. They're more than Manchester City, who are four points behind them on 56. Uh, and then Arsenal, 55 uh, from their 25 matches. They also have a game less than Liverpool and then Aston Villa on 49. It's the bottom of the table that is very interesting indeed. Both Burnley and Sheffield United have 13 points, and then Luton and Everton both have 20 points, and then Nottingham Forest and Crystal Palace just above. Nottingham Forest, 24 points. Palace and Brentford, 25 points. So that third last spot is closely contested. At the moment, let's remember, of course, that uh, Everton were penalised 10 points. So they would be well up the table if they had not been docked those 10 points um, earlier on in the season. And then, of course, uh, the League Cup final, Chelsea against Liverpool. That takes place on Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock. How will they do? Well, Liverpool got a lot of injury problems at the moment, as uh, we would have seen early in um, the week. It's actually the Carabao Cup final. I know before people start writing into us, give us a hard time calling it by the wrong name. The Carabao Cup final, it's almost upon us. Sunday afternoon, the 25th, scheduled for a five o'clock kick of South African time. 3 o'clock in the United Kingdom, and uh, it's Chelsea against Liverpool. Chris Kavanagh will be the man in charge of the game. Of course, VAR will be in play, and uh, it promises to be an absolutely spectacular day for both these sides to put trophy into their cabinets. We look forward to bringing you all the results, the stories behind the stories, of all of the sporting events that take place over this weekend. That's tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Until next time, be nice to each other. Bye for now.